Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, guys, this is going to be a fun episode. I'm bringing in Damian Lupo. And, man, what a killer story. I love his adventureness. Um, I love how he's just given life one hell of a go, man. You're going to really enjoy this one. And as always, man, this one, this whole show has been brought to you by Point Blank Safety Services. Man, they are just a phenomenal business organization and company. They are keeping our freeways and our construction workers safe, making sure that not only do we get home safe on the freeways, but so do the construction workers that are taking care of everything out there. So, man, head over. If you're in Texas and you need safety, security, you need, you know, protection for your assets, so they stay your assets, head over to pointblanksafety.com. Tell Stacy McGovern that Donnie sent you. And, man, they will take such great care of you. All right, guys, this is going to be another fun episode. I'm bringing on Damian Lupo, man. This guy's got a killer story. I'm looking forward to this one, man. So I'm Donnie. This is Donnie, Success Champions. Damian, welcome to the show, brother. Please tell us your story. What's up, Donnie? My story, God, you know, it's, it's, uh, you were showing me a picture a minute ago about a guy jumping off like a little thing running into jumping off a cliff and hitting rocks, and, and that is my story. I jumped basically left Alaska when I was, uh, when I was about 19. And this is, I was, I was working up there where I was literally dodging polar bears and I decided to leave. I mean, I was, I, was, I, I had a job in the Arctic circle. And the reason this is important is because later in life I started thinking, why are people so afraid of everything? And I realized, cause they were afraid something would eat them. And, <laughs> they don't do things. and I actually was afraid of being eaten because there was a polar bear outside when I left. I was like, all right, this is baloney. I'm out of here. So I went off to cut my teeth in the real world, and that kind of ended up being real estate after I got thrown out of college a couple of times. Uh, the college thing was because I started doing businesses in college, and they didn't like you having a bookstore that was putting their bookstore out of business, so I got thrown out. <laughs> and so I, I just kept failing along the way. I was like falling all over myself. And with real estate, it started. It, it was like, you know, we, we talk about success, and I, I thought that was pretty important. What I realized was when I did real, real estate, and I was making all this money, this was tens of millions of dollars. It was great. The greatest part of that was when I lost it all and went negative five million because I understood that more wasn't better, more was just more. And it taught me about me and really it helped me understand what I'm supposed to be doing here instead of just collecting more shiny objects and more experiences with, you know, more girls or whatever the damn thing is that I was right. doing. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, so really, the, the the story was me going out there. It was kind of the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell yeah, thing where I went into the wild. And, and I did that. And then I came back and I had this whole bunch of stories. It was like campfire time. You know, <laughs> I said, oh, well, I did all that and this and that. And, and what was that all about for me? And then I took those, those experiences and I said, all right, it's, it's not just about collecting more stuff. It's not just about proving. Because my ego was driving the ship. My ego was saying, you need another Ferrari. Like, one isn't good enough, clearly. Magnum I had one, but Damien needs two. Or ten. <laughs> so I just kept doing this crap. And, and, and finally, I think the universe said, 
you're not getting it. You don't understand. So we're going to take it all away. And for me, that meant going into a place where I lost everything. It was, it was all the money, my health. I was checked into the Mayo Clinic thinking I was going to die with cancer in my 20s. I lost my girlfriend. I lost my dog. It's like a bad country song. It was really, really bad. And, and then I said, okay, well, after I stopped denying the reality of what had happened, because that's the big, big problem is denial. You know, right. I was like blaming the economy. I was denying it happened. And then I finally said, it wasn't the economy. It was me. I did it. So what do I do? <laughs> I love it. All right. So, so, all right, let's back up two seconds. You're living in Alaska until the age of 19, dodging polar bears. And which makes me think, you know, the stupidest dad joke I've ever heard in my life, which is how do you trap a polar bear? You dig a hole in the ice, you put a bunch of peas around it. When a bear comes to take a pee, you kick him in the ice hole. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so what, I mean, I understand a lot of things got you out of Alaska, but what, what was that, that catalyst that said, right, I'm done here and I'm now going to move, you know, into the mainland. Well, part of it, it was 80 below zero. I mean, that's a pretty good stimulus or, or detriment to stay. I mean, like 80 below zero, if you, you understand, you like spit and it hurts if it hits something. And it's like, it's that painful. And it just, it was like, it was not human. It was like right. when you have winter, like we had summer there, but it was three days. You know, it was like, it was kind of terrible. A beautiful place for a few minutes and then just pain and, and it's like Mars. So, so no Alaskan bush people life for you. Yeah, no, no Alaska bush, like that. The reality shows exploded after I left. So apparently I missed my, my call. <laughs> well, you're that. like me. You got a face for podcasting. So, so they probably, Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm here for you, buddy. I'm here for you. So, you know, and so it's interesting. You jump into college and you catch an entrepreneur bug. You know, was that something you, you were doing as you're growing up? Were you trying to start things in Alaska or did that just happen when you got here? What's funny is a lot of times we follow what our parents' belief systems are and we do what they did and all this kind of thing. So when I was a kid, what I was told was we're broke. We have no money. We can't pay for anything. In fact, it was so bad that I remember my dad saying, you know, how are we supposed to, how am I supposed to give you money for whatever, anything? I, can't, I don't even have enough money to pay the house payment and the bills, the electricity, and you want a Nintendo game. And I remember going, yeah, I do want a Nintendo game. I'm 11. This is what we do at 11. And so I went out there and started a Nintendo business, buying and selling Nintendo games so I could play Nintendo. Like that was, I hired my parents to drive me around. And <laughs> it was a necessity. Like, you know, you, the, the invention is, was it the necessity is the mother of all invention or, or something right. like that? Yeah. That was my thing at 11. So here's the point of that. There's a problem in your life or for somebody else's life, probably both of you. And if you solve that problem, there's a business there. And for me, it was Nintendo. That's when I started at 11. So, I mean, that was the root of my entrepreneurial bug. So, was it Duck Hunter, Tech Mobile? I mean, what was the... I, I remember Duck Hunter. I remember Super Mario. I, re I remember beating <laughs> Legends of Zelda. That was like my thing. Now, it's a vintage classic. Like, if you get an NES original, it's, you know, it's like on eBay and it's expensive. And I, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I just I think I threw it out, you know. Well, maybe you missed your calling. You could have been, you know, the, the Nintendo millionaire, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so you get thrown out of college because you create a bookstore that's outperforming you know the the main bookstore and, and then you jump into this life and you know it's interesting because for, for me growing up you know success was you know you got to get to the fancy clothes you got to work in the corporate building you know you got to do all this stuff and you know uh, you obviously did it better than I did but but you know you still go through that journey on that ride up 
up to getting all that that success that some would call you know financial success, whatever you want to look at it. Um, what was that like? Was it my style, the dog eat dog, get out of my way, I'm just going to get it done? Or was it just the natural progression for you? I think it was more of a Grant Cardone ruthless, I'm just going to take the money that's in front of me. And if it's not in front of front of me, I'm going to go find out where it's at. I'm going to dig in the bushes. I'm going to dig it out of your pocket. And so I just kept, I was, I was ruthless, relentless, just going for it. There was, there was no, I'm going to be in flow. You know, like there's, <laughs> that, that was not happening. And that's also, I think, why it ended up being so toxic to me and why, you know, I was, for two years, I was nauseous. I was passing out all the time. And it was because I was, there was such an intensity. My body was so, so tense that it never actually calmed down. And so my, my, my system was in hyper alert and fight mode all the time. You can't stay there or you burn out with your, your hormones and everything. And that's really what happened. And it's a good lesson. If you're going to be fight or flight all the time, you're going to have adrenal, you're going to have all these burnouts and that's what I was doing. So I definitely, there was nothing graceful about that. That was a, that was a honey badger move. If, if there <laughs> Well, and you know, some people are going to look at your story and they're going to be like, okay, well, he was on top of the world, double Ferraris, you know, money, you know, girls, the mansions, all the BS you see on social media today. And you know, most of them are sitting on an Airbnb and I'm, you know, they rented a luxury car for the day, but you know, they're there and then you lose it all. Yeah. Right? It, best gift ever. I mean, <laughs> it was because I, I had the whole Josh Brolin line in, in Wall Street too, where he's asked, what's the number when you're done, when it's enough? And his answer is more. That was my answer. More. <laughs> right. And so I needed, I needed a kick in the balls to say, hey, there's, there's more to life than more stuff, more you know, and what, what is it? And so, yeah, you know, I, I remember when I was sitting at a bar with an old friend of mine who kind of started in the same space, both at zero and, and I whipped out my American Express black card. I'd lost my properties, foreclosures, but I hadn't had my card turned off yet. And <laughs> he goes, what's that? And I said, it's my black card. He's like, yeah, the boy. And I said, yeah. And then they turned off my card when I was trying to buy toilet paper at Costco. <laughs> it was I couldn't take a shit because I couldn't get any toilet paper. Like right, right. it was a horrible experience. And they said you can't. Your card's been declined. And I said I buy whatever I want because you know I'm Damien. Right. Like, you're not buying toilet paper. I'm going. It's <laughs> like the world's collapsing around me. I can't get my pallet. So that that it's it's humbling to go through that. And I think it's valuable whether it's twenty million like I lost, or it's twenty thousand, or or it's the last two bucks you have. It's it it helps you understand that wait nothing ate me. Oh you know what? Okay. Maybe there's more to this than just collecting more stuff. And that was the value. It was, it helped me go inside versus just externally because all the stuff was external, but it was a reflection of the deep seated uh, lack of, of um, belief in myself internally, all those things, everybody else would look at it and say, Oh wow. And I was inside going, I'm not worth anything. Mm. That was the problem. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, my story is, you know, I worked four years for other people living other people's dreams before I finally made the plunge and jump out and started my own business and cocky enough to know I was a good sales guy. I had a lot of successes, made a lot of people, a lot of money over the years. I thought that was going to be enough to start a business. And, you know, six months into my business, I'm sucking hind tit, man, because I just cannot get my business going because I can't get out of my own damn way. I'm like, people should just be, you know, embracing my message, my story. And, you know, there's a quote out there. It's probably one of my most viral things. And it said, I had to fail miserably to finally figure out who the hell I was. 
you know, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting that most people are going for some sort of success mechanism, some success number toys, whatever else, when the answer is, is go screw it all up and then you'll find yourself. Is, is that the same experience for you? It, 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 that's, that's the whole point of being on purpose. And I, I think the mistake people make is they say, oh, I'm going to go do the thing that I'm passionate about. Well, yeah, I seen a lot of people and I was probably one of them at one point, but a lot of people are passionately running in the wrong direction with a pair of scissors and they're about to fall on themselves. And it's not a good idea. When you find that, that when, when you actually understand your purpose and your purpose isn't about you, it's not about your consumption. It's not about your experience necessarily. It's about your, your connection and your contribution. But most people are sitting there focused on their security and, and the stability of their lives. So when you, when you and this is all money, right? Security yep. and certainty. And so if we focus on our purpose, the contribution, then it's interesting. The money and the security is an offshoot. It actually happens if we're there. It's not easy. It's painful. When you're out there and you're sucking high and tit and you're not getting anything done, there's a plateauing process. And that's, I've had that happen even after the meltdown where I'm like, I'm working for years. Nothing's happening, it seems like. That's, but you have to hold the vision. Anybody that's done anything, the overnight success story that took 20 years to build up to that plateau, well, people are, they're, they're impatient. Like we want everything yesterday. We see it on social media. And it looks like it happened in five minutes. Like, no, it didn't. Justin Bieber was not an overnight success story. He started when he was two. Right. Well, you know, here's, here's the other side of that that I don't think people think about is what people think are going to happen is when they get to a certain level, they're done, right? It's, it's over, right? They're trying to get to that plateau. The problem that I think is a lot of times is they hit these mini plateaus, right? They think, okay, now I've got to this point. It's just going to be coast from here. And so they turn off, right? And they don't keep pushing for it when the answer is, is you've got to keep getting punched in the face by life so you can start figuring things out. If you're, here's the thing. If you're not in pain at some point during the day, if it's not a struggle, if you're, if you're not cramping up, if, if something isn't hurting a little bit, something's off. Like if you, if you haven't had that cramp or that punch in the face, that pain in the last month or two, you're probably done. Like the universe is probably done with you. Your life probably is not really worth a whole lot. If you're not experiencing some type of pain, because that's you stretching, that's the growth yeah. process. And, and we should be embracing that. It's called embracing the suck. Yeah. This is what we should be asking for. How do I get to that place? These plateaus that we pop through, it's not all letting go. Sometimes it's going in and then letting go. It's this ebb and flow. And, and I think people get obsessed about one or the other. They're like, it's got to be pain all the time or I need to let go. And if, if, the, if I'm letting go and I'm thinking hard, the bag of money will fall from the sky. <laughs> and those of you that watch The Secret too many times, right. like, it's not how it works. There, there is the in and out. Like it is... It is a cycle. It's a yeah, season. In this day and age, so many people are consumed with what you think of me, right? You know, what, what, what the other person that is out there. I mean, that's why people suck in sales. That's why people suck in their business is they're so, so in, in, in their head about what the other person across the table is thinking about them. And the truth is the person across the table isn't thinking about them. If we realized how little people were thinking about us, it would set us free. I mean, one of the things I had an old mentor that said, you, when, when you disconnect from concerning yourself with what other people think, you won't, you won't even believe how much freedom you have to move freely, to be free, to actually think and operate at your truth. He said, you guys, there's a group of us, you guys are so wound up about what other people think. And, and we're all sitting there in like our three-piece suits and thinking we're like, this is the boiler room with Ben Affleck. We're like, yeah, we're badasses. He's like, you guys are ridiculous. You're thinking about what everybody else is thinking. Who cares? Who cares? And, and it, was, it was powerful, but we didn't really hear it 
because we were 25. Of course, of course. You missed, yeah. missed a lesson. Yeah, yeah, I love telling people. My dad gave me the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill when I was 14, right? I read it when I was 22, you know, um, uh, and I still didn't really imply the principles. <laughs> and I tell you, that book didn't teach me anything other than that there's people that will teach, you know, skill sets and things that I didn't know how to do, um, you know. But why do you think people have to go to such extremes to finally figure themselves out? I mean, why do, why do you have to, to get to that breaking point before you start internalizing and then working on you? It's the only way that you get emotional intelligence to actually go through the process of, of this struggle. If there's no struggle, there's no emotional intelligence. Academics, it, it's really fascinating. People that have PhDs and everything and haven't been out there in the real world, like the Federal Reserve Chairman, you know, these different people that are very, very smart. A lot of people that teach in school, they don't have emotional intelligence. The only way you get that is by going into the swamp. You know, like in The Princess Bride, you go into the swamp, there's a giant rat, you fight the rat, you come back out and you're like, wow, I survived that. I have this truer belief in my ability. Like you can't train in martial arts by yourself and actually have emotional intelligence or the ability that you can fight, that you can protect yourself. You don't actually become that warrior until you go face to face with somebody else that's a reflection of you. Like you have to be in that in the thing, the experience, people try to like bypass the experience. They go, Ooh, I might get hurt, man. It is bloody and muddy out there. It's called real life. And that's how you actually develop that, the scar tissue and the muscle. Like you can't get that thinking your way to it. It does not work. There is no hack that gets you there. I know Tony Robbins said this and I've got a ton from that guy, but when he said, I'm a black belt. I got my black belt in six months because it's all about thinking through. And I was like, you are full of shit. Yeah, You know what? Let's go. I know you're like nine feet taller than I am, but you know, I've been doing this for 20 years and it, I embrace the suck and the broken things and the bloody things. So it's, you, you don't get that put on a t-shirt, by the way, you can't practice karate by yourself. I just love that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't, you can't, but most things in business, you can study a business book. You can study economics until you're out there. Here's one of the most valuable things. If, if you're going to go do something right now, go find something you haven't done and invest 20 or 50 or a hundred bucks or a thousand. Like when I wanted to learn cryptocurrency, I was like, cool, I'm going to put $5,000 into it. No idea what was going on. But guess what? I paid attention. And when that 5,000 turned into 1,000, I was like, okay, what did I learn? That hurt. That sucked. I didn't like it, but I was in the game. And if I hadn't actually been in the game with real money, it was real bullets. That was real cash. I mean, that is a big difference than just reading about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people look at it and you already said it, but you, you're looking down that path. You're like, I want to go from here to here, but I just want it to happen. So they buy the online courses, they buy, you know, all this, this, this gizmos and gadgets that are out there and stuff, hoping that they can bypass or do the shortcut. When the truth of the matter is, is you've already said, you just got to get punched in the face over and over again. And my favorite quote in the whole world comes from Rocky Balboa. It's, it's not how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. You know, and, and that's it. At the end of the day, if you're not stepping into it and, you know, going straight at that fear and blowing shit up and screwing things up, then you're not going to get anywhere on your journey, you know. So it's, it's just interesting. You have to be in the thing. I, I like what you said because I, I, I love Brendan Bouchard and he has absolutely screwed people up because he's taught everybody to be a, a thought leader. Like everybody's <laughs> out there going, if I buy a course and I'm a thought leader, I'm like, yeah, but what have you done? Right. Like all these people that haven't done anything and they're teaching. I'm like, what are you teaching from? It's from a course that I got and you're really cool and you're like very present. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't actually 
like, where's your life experience that you're teaching from? You're just teaching from a course that you bought from somebody else that was teaching from a course that they bought. Like it's this crazy domino that where everybody's teaching stuff. And I'm looking, so I always look for people that have been through something like yes. have you war. Like, have you been out there? Are you, do you have one leg? Like, tell me the story of what happened there. Like what's real with you? Because anybody can just regurgitate. That's yep. not what's like, it's, I want to know what, what, what you went through, man. Like, tell me, tell me, tell me the real. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. You've got guys like Gary Vee and I resonate with some of this stuff, but he's, you know, this whole thought of working 19 hours a day, kiss my ass. All right. You know, life's too freaking short for that. But, but you know, it, it, the same token is he's got one thing that I love. He's like, look, all you fake paneurs, all you people out there that are doing the things like you're, you're telling somebody else's courses and everything else, he's like, give it a minute because we're fixing to have a market correction, a, a hiccup. And when that happens and you're asking that I'll get a job because you don't know, you haven't been punched in the face to figure out how to grow your business and establish, and oh, by the way, have a real freaking business, you know, uh, stand by. And it's one of the things he's, he's, he's ramping up a lot more and saying more often because it's the truth is if you haven't gone through it, you don't know how to do it again. I mean, and in your case, you know, losing $20 million, odds are you got back to that level or a close to fairly quickly because you went through it once. Now you're just going through it being you this time versus some other jackass. That, that's it. I mean, it's, it's going, it's, it's understanding that you can. One of the things that I see a lot in, in terms of, of money, I have people pop up and they say, hey, I want help with my money. And I say, okay, great. What do you want me to help you with? And two things. One, they have like, there was one guy that showed up and he had $5 million in the bank, 42 years old. And he said, I need to make more money. Can you, can you help me? I go for what? And so he was all screwed up about when he was going to have enough to be free. And I said, okay, let's just look at reality. And he was already free. He just didn't realize it because he wasn't looking at the truth. The other one was somebody that came to me at 55 years old and said, we've got $2 million in cash and we are scared to death. And I said, why? And I said, because we're watching the roller coaster of the markets and we have no control. And if we lost it, we would have no idea how to do it other than what we did. And that took us 30 years. So we don't have 30 years. They don't, people don't have the actual, the, the muscle around it. It's like losing money when you've created it. Like you said, yeah, I can go create it. I'm not afraid because you can't take what I've learned away from me. You can take the money, but guess what? I'm going to snap back because I, I know that I can go do it. It's a belief. It's a confidence. Financial freedom is confidence. It's not cash. It's not cash flow. It's confidence in your ability and you got to build the muscle. It, it's about going to the gym. You can't do it from outside the damn gym looking in. Like that right. doesn't Well, and it's also embracing the thought process that $100,000 is actually quite a bit of freaking money in this day and age. I mean, of course, some people are looking at it. They need the yachts, the boats, and all this. That. But, but most people can get to $100,000 and live a good, healthy life. You, know, you don't have to shoot for the moon all the time. There's actually, a, it's a destructive model. Um, I, I, I have kind of both thoughts moonshots where I'm going for something. And Ted Turner had this with his dad. His dad hit his goals and then died because he didn't have big enough goals. He's like, okay, I'm done. And that's what happens. You get your goal and you're like, oh, what, why am I here? The other thing is that there's, there's value in having goals that you can actually achieve so you don't feel like you're a failure all the time. And, and so you know, this, there's also a happiness factor where once you hit a certain amount of money and it's like 75,000 or something, you go from 75 to 150, you're not going to double your happiness. You might go up a little bit, but then there's this curve where you actually get less happy with more money if you're not doing it for the right reasons. More money isn't going to make you happier. I like more money. I just don't know that it's not like I'm going to triple my happiness if I triple my income. I just, I, I'm aware of this. Yeah. You know, what's interesting for me is, is I don't believe in goal settings. 
I haven't believed in goal settings in years. And the reason being is goals demotivate people. Very few people are like guys like Gary Vee. There's like, I'm going to buy the Jets. All right. That motivates the shit out of somebody like Gary Vee. He's a one, two percent of the entire population that that thinks and can actually do the work it's going to take to get after that, right? But most people can't do that. So what I tell everybody is quit, quit trying to shoot for the moon and start creating milestones, creating little things, like you said, little goals maybe, but but little things that you can do and get to. And I always go back to sales. I'm like, you know, if you're a rep that sold $120,000 last year, which means you average $10,000 a month. Don't go the next year and say, I'm going to sell a million dollars worth of business. Say, I did 10. Can I get to 11? All right, good. Let's get to 11 for a couple months. Now let's get to 12 because you need that incremental growth to actually evolve and expand on your journey. And if you don't have that incremental growth, you're going to be taking these big leaps and you miss out on the entire learning process. I, I, I love what you're, you're getting into because this is going to disrupt people. Um, the idea of like, wait, goals, no goals. Wait, what, what are you talking about? Like, this makes sense. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to have goals. Like I, it's January uh, time, you know, and, and whenever you're listening to us, January, you make goals and that's what you do for the year. Here's, here's a way to look at that, that, that really falls into what you're saying. And if you've never heard the term CDs and, and um, KPIs, critical drivers and key performance indicators, here's what that means in the real world, goals and your activity. And what you're talking about is the incremental things. Well, here, here's the cool thing. If you can fall in love with the activity, which is the drivers, those critical drivers, and forget about the KPIs, the KPIs will take care of themselves, the goals, the end thing. If you fall in love with what you're doing and you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to love this. I'm actually going to enjoy this. And then you go, well, why would I do that? Because you can control it. You can't control the outcome, but you can control the input. It's, it's what you have. And so to me, if you're going to have a goal, if you don't like the idea of, not you know a jet or whatever that's totally cool fall in love with the process and get into that all that other stuff will happen really as a side effect and it's about you owning your life versus man i just got let down again because i didn't hit my goals yep that's a different way to look at this no i love that you know i had a young gal reach out to me yesterday and she's like you know i've got to make 100 cold calls today and i'm like okay make 100 cold calls and she's like but it's just daunting. I'm like, oh yeah, if you keep looking at it that way, cold calls suck. I mean, it's going to be the worst experience of your life. But if you just flip that over to now you get a hundred chances to have a conversation and get to know somebody, holy shit, watch what is going to change. Because if you're going into that whole thought process already ready to lose, already ready to get your teeth kicked in and not learn from it versus turn it into a game, have fun with it, embrace it and go. And she came back, she goes, you're an asshole because that worked. And, you know, she's like, I landed, you know, a couple of appointments and it's just people get too wrapped up in once again, it goes back full circle. They give a shit about what somebody else thinks about them. And that person is not thinking about them. <laughs> no, the, the secret is showing up. Like I, yeah. I was, I, I, the last person I hired, she said, why are you hiring me? I said, because you showed up and she said, wait, that's it. And I said, do you have any idea how rare it is for people to show up? Not just. <laughs> physically, but like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like they just, people are thinking about the next thing. They're not there. You are here with me and I'm hiring you because of that. And it, in business, it's really fascinating. You want to make sales show up. Like I, I find it amazing. I'm trying to buy a car right now and I've called and both my primary guy and the other guy that showed me the same car, both are on vacation. I call their cell phones, no call back. I'm like, I'm trying to spend money here. People don't show up. And if you just show up, if you answer the phone or you call somebody back, they're like, wait, calling me back nobody calls me back 
Nobody actually answers the phone anymore. This is the secret to business in 2019. Show the frick up. Yeah. You know, it's funny is, and I'm sure you've done this as well, after a speaking engagement somewhere, you know, you get business cards, you collect information, and then you call. And people are freaking out because you called. I'm like, I got your business card. Why the hell wouldn't I call? You know, it's, it's, it's wild. Great hack, Donnie. It's, it's <laughs> call them. <laughs> what you, I, I had this, this poor, poor millennial, poor millennial. Like I beat up on millennials a lot. He would, he, for, I, I would watch him perspire when I said, pick up the phone and call somebody. He's like, okay. And then he'd start instant messaging or chatting online. I'm like, no, 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 call them. He's, then he'd email. And I'm like, are you not hearing English? I said, <laughs> call. And he, and he was not wired to do it. It freaked him out. Like they're going to, they're going to bite me. Like right. it's not a savage dog, man. It's a person. Just pick up the phone, dial. It's not hard. One, two, three. Like, give me a break. But resistance to doing that, and it's amazing how often that is. Well, okay, I'll, and I'll give you a hack that that really, really works in that moment. Next time you find yourself in that situation, do it first. Pick up the phone, and, and because because in this day and age, what a lot of sales managers out there and a lot of sales leaders are screwing up is they're telling people what to do. There's no you go, I go mentality. And in this day and age, as a sales leader, you've got to be able to teach because the generation coming up, man, they, 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 this is their first job. This is their first career. They haven't learned all those skill sets. So you've got to teach. And the best way to teach is you go, I go. And have fun with that. I love to watch a sales manager go, watch me really screw this one up. Right? Because it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, and I guess what? There's, like, there's an example of nobody died. Yeah, it's actually amazing. Nobody and like, wow, you know what? I'm just going to mimic because we can model what you just said. We can model things that we see. We're like, oh, it's like Roger Bannister with the four minute mile. As soon as that happens, like, oh, guess how many people just broke the four minute mile? A whole bunch because they, their belief system shifted. Well, if you see that, you're right. It's by example. Yep. People want to tell, but they don't want to show. You know what? Show, show up, do it. And then people will follow you. Pretty Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, you know, it goes back to quit overthinking. And, you know, what most people end up as sales manager, VP of sales, you know, oftentimes either they were the top sales guy and they have no idea how to lead, which is always a horrible, I don't understand why people are going to take their number one asset out of the field and put them in a leadership role. You just lost all that revenue coming into your business because you pulled your number one asset out of the field. It makes no sense to me. Um, and two, they're never going to be able to train your guides. They're never going to be able to lead because they can't teach what they did because they don't even understand what they did. You know, yeah, better off just videotaping somebody and saying, okay, just like watch what this person does. Here's right. Your, like that's, that's what we're going to do. I, we were talking, I was thinking about when I got fired uh, during my process, I was a volunteer on a political campaign and I got fired as a volunteer. I was there six months and it was, it was kind of funny to me to go through that process where I got fired and I denied it. I was like, no, 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 I quit. And, and I went, wait a second. No, I actually got fired. I was a terrible volunteer because I was trying to win the campaign. I was not playing the game. Like I was doing my own thing. And then I went, wait, that was actually a really good lesson. So I think sometimes people get really worried about maybe losing or getting fired or whatever. That actually may be the best thing that ever happens to you. Right. And it's what, it's also not going to eat you. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it's interesting is people are so worried, you know, that they're going to be on the street. You know, they're, they're so worried. I'm like, look, if you can figure out sales, you'll never have to worry about finding a job ever again. Sales jobs, you can get them a dime a dozen, right? They're, they're really, really easy. Unless you're 60 years old and you walk up to a sales leader and you're like, hey, I've got 20 years experience. I'm like, oh, do you have a job? No, I'm looking right now. Look, if you're a good sales guy, I don't care how many years you're in, you're not on the street. 
And so what happens is most of those people, not to get on my soapbox, but most of those people, they go freaking, you know, I got 20 years experience. No, Dick, you got one year repeated 20 times. You never evolved, you know, in the process. And here you are. Yeah. You know. People show up that way and they say, well, I, I'm looking for a raise. And it's like, well, why are you doing the same thing? Yeah. But I've been here for five years. I'm like, are you a government employee? No. All right. Well, in reality, you're, you're not adding more to the equation. You're, you're not, you haven't grown. It's that same year. Like you said, 20 times over and, People f freak out about the idea of selling. Man, we're selling or being sold all the time. I think it was a great book for, for Grant's, uh, good title for Grant's book, Sell or Be Sold. Like we're always being sold and we're always selling, whether we're selling on our spouse to have sex with us or we're, we're trying to sell, you know, something is happening. We're always selling. And yet people go, I don't want to sell. You know what? You're selling. Well, just watch yourself in the mirror all day long. Watch how often you sell. Just, well, and the truth is, is it's not that they don't want to sell. They don't want to deal with the the process of what somebody else wants to think about them. Yeah, you know, and that that whole re yeah, it's it's a whole rejection thought and everything else is turn that crap off and and go, um, because if you can learn to sell the simplest things, God, you'll change your life for the forever. Yeah, you, you made a comment, Donnie, about uh, about just you know pick up the phone, like just go and. And that's one of the, the keys I've noticed when I get stuck. I think there was a book about the five-second rule or something where you don't think about something more than five seconds. And I noticed that when I'm in a space of, of doing it, when I'm just calling and talking and talking and talking, I'm not thinking about any of the consequences of being rejected or what somebody's thinking. I'm, I'm not thinking about what happened yesterday. Like if I made a colossal mistake and said something super stupid on an interview or a call, I'm so busy in my thing that I don't have time to be living in the past. The problem with for most people is they're living in the past because they're not busy enough with their life today. Yeah. And get into your life and all of a sudden the past, you don't have time for it. Like you're too busy. You're like you're actually living. Yeah. 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 You know, the flip side of it is they're they're like, I haven't made it yet. And you're like, dude, you've been doing this for a year. You know, you've been doing this for, you know, six months. Patience, give it time. You know, it, it'll come. It'll come. Principle of lag. Where we we've uh, we're in an obsessed society that has read Tim Ferriss's book way too many times, and we think <laughs> in four hours we're done. Right, <laughs> four hours you're basically just warming up. That's enough time to have coffee. Right. What, what do you expect? Hmm. You know, but but you know the the whole gig economy is a thing, right? And I mean, hell, I got a ton of VAs that work for me. But if you think that I'm you know putting in four hours and walking away, you're batshit crazy. You know, because I still got to do the interviews. I still got to build business. I still got to go to sale, you know, clients and everything else. You're not turning off the spigot. You know, you're just choosing some of the things that maybe you don't want to put on your plate and you can't outsource you. You know, and whatever your business, whatever you're doing, you can't outsource you. So that, that's like thinking that you're going to have somebody else go to the gym for you. Right. <laughs> you want to change your body? you have to show up. Like there is no way to hack. If that ever comes a thing, I'm in, I will buy it. I don't care what it costs. I am in. <laughs> it's not the home shopping network. There is something that will work out for you. I'm pretty sure somebody has that. And somebody <laughs> buy it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Damien, tell us a little bit about what you're into. What are you doing now? I mean, uh, I know you're doing some cool, impactful things in the world, but, but what are you guys doing from, you know, your company standpoint? So the, my, my entire, when I had this shift, when, when, I, when I lost everything and started over and I had these, these kind of these moments of, okay, why am I here? What's going on? 
I, what I realized was that I was here to impact people and I've got all these experiences. So it's not just me saying, Hey, read a good book. It's actually taking those experiences and, and breaking people free from their financial bondage. And it's really helping people ask better questions and, and then taking them, them through a process of doing things. So I've done a lot of mentoring one-on-one -on -one and I realized that was great, except there's a lot more people that need financial, you know, like rewiring and um, than I could ever talk to. So I've been building processes and tools for people to actually run with that. So it's not just, I'm going to think myself into freedom. They're actually, it's the process of getting through into the freedom. And like I said before, the freedom is the confidence. So the work that we're doing is rewiring people about the idea of retirement, giving them better tools to control it, being able to say, okay, what, what's true about my money and like, how am I spending it? And, and how do I become an investor? And by the way, PS, being an investor does not mean you hand your money to a financial advisor and say, I hope the stock market does good for 20 years. That's, That's a good way to lose it all. <laughs> it's a great way to lose it all because you're smoking hopium. Like, hope it works, hope it works. And I'm going to be broke and that's stupid. But hey, that is what we're doing. I think you just described my entire 20s, by the way, when you say smoking hopium. <laughs> I would say that that is most of society, that they're smoking hopium. And it's because we're, we've been beat up in, into believing that we're too stupid to understand money or investing. And the truth is, like you said, it's not a six-month process. Like if you want to... I, Robert Kiyosaki was interviewing somebody a while back and the guy, I think is hurt. Uh, anyways, the guy said, look, if you want to understand investing, it's going to take you five years. You're going to spend at least $50,000 mostly on mistakes. And, and, uh, and people are like, oh, I can't lose that. Well, how much did you spend in college? Like now college education costs a quarter million dollars. So it's, it's really understanding that if you're willing to put the time in, I, I can take anybody from any point and, and they will be financially free if they do the work in five years. There's a single person in the world that I can't help do that if they're willing to engage. The problem is so few people are willing to show up. So it's, for me, it's about saying, hey, here's the tools and the process, who wants to show up? And the people that show up, pop. And that's, so that's the entire mission is giving people the ability to break that shackle so that they're not in their own bondage the rest of their lives. I, know, I love that, but you know, here's what I keep coming back to as an interesting thought process is, is you know, you either, and what's the phrase, you either get busy living and you get busy dying. You know, I think people need to quit bullshitting themselves and either get to that point where they're okay with their lot in life and quit dreaming, quit, quit going, thinking they're going to be somewhere great in the world, or they actually go and start going after it. Because I think so many people, once they get to a certain place, they're making themselves miserable because their entire life was spent that I should be greater, I should be doing all this stuff, but yet they never put in the work to get there. So if they would just just get okay with where they're at, like my parents are retired right now, you know, don't make great money, but they love their life. You know, they love where they're at and they're content, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And if most people would just get content with where they are and quit thinking, I need the bigger houses, the bigger cars, the bigger whatever else, their life would get so much simpler. But they're in their mind, they're like, you know, I had a guy call me the other day. And he's like, I'm looking for a sales trainer position. Can you help me out? I'm like, okay, sure. Sure. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about it. He goes, well, I need to make $150,000 a year. I'm like, go suck an egg. You're not going to get a sales trainer position unless you're working for a fortune one, making $150,000 a base. I said, you need to go work for 40 to $60,000 and then put your time in, put your effort in. And you know, you can get to that, that big number. And he's like, Donnie, I'm worth a whole lot more than that. I'm like, great. Prove it. Right. You know, you know, take a bet, bet on you and prove it. Um, 
but people are so lost in, in, in this thought process. They got to be so much greater, but they're just not doing anything with it. You know, there, there is a lot of mistaken ego in, in that space. I, I love the idea of, of being real about enjoying and being with your life. I think that that is, it's, it's hard. It's harder when, when we're constantly watching this Facebook feed mm. and we believe that our life is not what it could be because we're seeing the highlight reels and the BS. Like there's so much crap where people, either they're showing us their breakfast that they're eating or they're showing us their, their rented Ferrari. Right. And Ooh, that's my, I need that. And it's like, wait, why? Why, why, why do you need that? And what, I guess it's, you need that. Therefore you need your $150,000 base because you need to keep up with the highlight reel. Like <laughs> people have a whole brain damage mess because they're, they're not willing to sit still and say, okay, what, what actually matters? What, what, what is my life? And we're, we're too busy chasing other objects to actually even have a question that makes any sense to answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's it. That's, I love that. We're chasing objects. Cause that, that's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, I wrote an article on LinkedIn and all that said at the end is, you know, once I quit trying to be somebody I was not, I finally became myself. The world started opening up to me. Um, and it's the truth because, you know, as same on your journey and as you go through it, you're, you're, you're projecting this image of how you want people to see you. And that's when you lose all authenticity and everything else. You know, it's, it's amazing when you let down your, your, your hair, if you will, well, I got more hair than you got, but if you let down your hair, you know, what actually started opening up for you? I, the, the best example of me doing the stupidest version of that was when I bought the same Ferrari that Will Smith had in bad boys Two because I wanted to be built Will Smith. I'm like, yeah, man, I need a purple suit and I need that Ferrari five fifty. That is going to be me. And it was, it's funny because people do that stuff with Facebook. I did it with Bad Boys too. There was no Facebook, you know, when this happened. Right, right, right. But it was, it was, who, who, who was I? I mean, I was like a scared little boy or something. I had to show up with a Ferrari to pretend that I wasn't. But, you know, I mean, I, I think we have a problem with being real about who we really are, and it's because we're we're not just we're not really willing to look in the mirror and and answer the truth, like what is really really true and. That's, that's hard for people. I mean, I get it. It's like why people don't want to talk about their numbers because that shit's real. Right. And, you know, they don't want to go there. And so what, what are you really afraid of? What do you really want? What's, what, what's important to you? And what's the, the saddest thing in, in terms of you know, going after some goals is people that they just give up and, and, and they actually do deeply want something, but they've bought into somebody else's crap. So that's the other side of, of like, I love what you're talking about where, Hey, you know what? Your life might be perfect as is and just be with it. And there's also the other side where I see people that are, they're living afraid. They're, they're not willing to step out. And so they just watch their life go by. And if you really get down to the core, there's a piece of them that wants to go for it. And it's not for a jet. It's because the thing that they really love, they're afraid to step out and be in it. And I just, I look at that and I go, Oh, you're missing your life, man. Yeah, totally. I mean, there, there's a, a, the Joseph Campbell story, the hero's journey. I'm sure you've, you've been through and seen some of that. The, the one video I saw, I loved because I didn't see this portion when Star Wars came out and all that. And I'm not a Star Wars guy, so I don't even know what movie it was. But there's a scene where Luke goes into a cave, right? And he's got to battle Darth Vader. And, and so he battles Darth Vader. And I guess Yoda told him, you know, this is, you get to battle your biggest fear. And so he slays down Darth Vader. Darth Vader's on the ground. The mask pops up. And the first thing Luke sees is himself because his biggest fear was himself. And I remember watching the Joseph Campbell story and, and seeing that. And I'm like, son of a bitch. That's it. 
you know, your biggest fear is you're not going to like what you see when you finally look at yourself. So you have to put on all these masks, all these things, all this stuff to try and convince yourself that you are a good person or, or whatever else when the answer is just the opposite of that. Take off the mask, step into you, and watch the world show up. It, Donnie, there, you, you may have seen this movie. There's a movie called Finding Joe. And I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. I've heard it. If, if you all want to understand what it is to be on the hero's journey, Finding Joe is unbelievable. It's a great, it just goes into it. And you have all these different movie scenes with like, you're talking about the one with Luke Skywalker and things. Right. And I mean, it really helps you to understand that lifting the mask and seeing yourself and, and slaying the dragon. That's you. It's, right. it's you. It's not, everybody goes out. It's like we go out into the, into the world and we try to find and fix and, and, you know, and fight and all this other stuff. And, and the reality is we're just finding ourselves and that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 amazing that you know. I don't care what you are. You're trying to be the entrepreneur. You're trying to be a sales guy. You're trying to be a business owner. Whatever you are, the answer is go to work on you. Everything else, take care of itself. That that is one of the best pieces of advice when somebody asks, "Well, what do I invest in?" Because I'm I'm a numbers guy. I'm a fine, like this is what I love my playground. And they say, "Well, which which investment do you think I should do? I've got you know I've got a hundred grand or whatever they have, and they want to do something and they want to." save up for their retirement or whatever. And I say, you, they go, what, what? I say, invest in you. They say, well, yeah, but which investment? I go, you look in the mirror. That is what you, and they go, how do I do that? And I say, it's called personal development because your external wealth will never be greater. Jim Rohn said something to this effect. Your external wealth, wealth will never be greater than who you are inside. It's always going to be in alignment or you'll get rid of it. So somebody that wins the lottery that makes a hundred million dollars internally, they don't believe it. That's not, they haven't done the work. That's why they get rid of it. That's the exact reason why lottery winners don't keep their money because they're never at that level of wealth. And if you want to actually be wealthy, you've got to do the work on inside. So what do you do? I don't know, but it's not go buy an apartment or buy a rental house or buy some stocks. That is not the right answer. It's you work on you, invest in you, start there. Yeah, you know, and just to bring in Jim Rohn, because I love Jim's stuff, is one of the greatest things that he said that just resonated with me. It's the reason why I never wanted to win the lottery was – the first thing, if you were to, to be handed a million dollars right now, and I, and I do this on stage, I'm like, well, what's the first thing you should do? And everybody's like, get a financial advisor, get an account. And I'm like, none of that's right. Jim said it best. You mentally have to become a millionaire because otherwise you're going to lose it all because, to your point, you haven't gone through it, right? You haven't done, figured out how to get it, so you have no idea how to keep it, you know? And every, everybody has advice. People, I, I, have, I go to seminars and I'm teaching and, and people will ask me what they do. And I say, what do you mean? They go, well, you know, I've got 500,000 bucks. Like I just, one, gave, one lady came into, uh, came over and she said, I just got divorced. I've got like half a million dollars. Uh, what should I do? And I said, stop telling people you have a half a million dollars. Start there. Because everyone's going to have a, a piece of advice. They're all going to have something to sell you. You know what I'm going to sell you? The idea that you should go invest in you. It's back to the same thing. And then you can decide because what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to lean on their, their confidence and their belief. And really all that is is the sales pitch. And it's unfortunate. Mostly that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get people that are looking out for you because they're all going to be finding ways to detach you from your $500,000. So figure out how you can be worth that. You won't be trying to get rid of it. People are trying to get rid of it at light speed when they have it. It's crazy, but it's exactly what you just said. You know, you have to like, you have to become the millionaire if you're going to maintain the million. So I'm curious because I hope people are hearing some of this. How often 
are you reading books, studying, working on yourself, and and taking a dive into upping your game? You know, you know what a a, a rock and Friday night looks like for me. I'm sitting I'm sitting at a bar with IRS code and a glass of wine at seven <laughs> o'clock, and people are, are partying, they're on dates, and I'm over there reading this stuff. And it's, I mean, I, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this stuff. I'm studying. What is my, what does it look like for me? Every day I'm in that thing. I'm studying hours every day. I'm learning, I'm expanding, I'm growing. I'm more and more of an authority in my space because I'm willing to go deeper and deeper into it. And I realize now how little I know about everything. And when I was 20, I knew everything. So I was like, yeah. And, and my ego was able to convince some people, but the people where I'm creating a lot more wealth now with these people it's because they understand I'm willing to commit to the long haul, to the deeper journey of understanding. So it's, it doesn't end. If you stop the study and the growth, you're dead. Yes. Like physically, you're dead. Mentally, you're dead. Emotionally, spiritually, you are toast. So it's, when I see people go, I'm, you know, what, what am I doing this weekend? I'm watching football. I'm like, that's what you do every weekend. They go, yeah. I go, well, what's the last book you read? And they're thinking, 1987. <laughs> that book. I go, yeah, you're, you know, the, I, I actually don't spend any time with those type of people because they have nothing to contribute. And that's, I mean, just candidly, they're, they're a waste of my life. I want people that are growing and stretching that can help inspire me and I can do the same and we can circulate together. Otherwise, they're going to suck me dry. And I'm like, I don't need to be sucked dry, man. Absolutely. You know, you become what you're influenced by, right? So, so if you're watching the news, you're reading the newspapers, you're watching football, that's what you become. And if you're not consuming things, I don't know how the hell you dive into the IRS code because that's just like paragoric to me. But, you know. Uh, uh, it's so exciting because there's all these nuances in there like, ooh, I found a nugget. And I, that's when you know that's what the type of guy you should hire that geeks out on this stuff. Right. And I, I tell everybody, you know, like, you know uh, I'm having some chat bots and some things built for my company. And, you know, people are like, how do you hire somebody? I'm like, I hire the person that can sit down and just so geek out on their stuff that my eyes glaze over about how passionate they are about this. Nine times out of 10, that's how I know I got the right guy. So, right. Factor. so you have a geek factor. Like, yeah, are, yeah. are you geeking out about something? And if you're not, boom, man, mic drop, like right there. Take that advice, run with that. Yeah. yeah. Good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Dude, Damien, I got to tell you, man, this has been a hell of a fun conversation. I enjoyed the hell out of this. Um, you know, how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out, you know, and, and dive more into your world and story? How do they get in touch with you? Best way to reach me is, is DamienLupo.com. Um, there, and there's actually, there's, there's a workbook that, I, so some of the stuff we talked about, questions and, and the journey and everything, inside of Reinvented Life, there's, each chapter has these questions. What I did for people that want to go and they've too much Tim Ferriss, they're like, okay, how do I hack my way into just the, the actual, the nuts all right, well, the nuts are a workbook. It's all the questions. So if you want to just do the work, I know that's weird, right? You want to do the work. If you want to do the work, just go there and it's, it's a downloadable workbook at, at, at the site. It's just take it and like do something with it, but don't download it and collect it. Like I see people collecting digital stuff, freaking digital hoarders. Don't hoard this. Don't even bother downloading it. Like if you're going to get it, print it out, write in it, use a pen. It's a powerful thing to actually physically connect with the work you're doing. And so if you're not digging holes, do something with a pen and a piece of paper and, and print that workbook out, but just download. It's the reinvention workbook. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, brother, here's how I like to wrap up every story. And man, let me tell you, I do stump some people. So, so stand by. So if you were going to leave the champions that listen to the show, entrepreneurs, business owners, tons of veterans, 78 countries, people all over the world that listen to this show, if you were going to leave them, you know, with a quote, a phrase, a mantra, a saying, something they can take with them, especially if they're stacked up against it and going through it, what would be that quote or phrase you would say 
remember this. Remember that failing faster is going to give you the growth that you need, that the mistakes are not going to eat you, that they're a gift from God in the universe to help you expand and get to where you're supposed to be going. Fail faster. Well done. Well done. Damien, thanks for sharing your story with us, brother, man. It's, it's been a lot of fun having you on here. Been awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. I told you it was a good episode. Man, that dude's a badass. I just enjoyed the hell out of that conversation. So, guys, if you do me a favor, if you got any value out of this, if you've got any nuggets out of this, teach somebody else how to subscribe to the show. Teach them how to, to log in uh, on their phone, wherever you listen to podcasts, and show them how to get in here and listen to this thing. And, and dude, leave a review. It means everything for us if you leave a review out there, and I'd really, truly appreciate that. Um, and then come hang out in the Success Champions Facebook group. We're doing all kinds of badass stuff in there on a regular basis. And then make sure you get your ass over to the Badass Business Summit, dude. April 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Fort Worth, Texas. You're going to want to be there, and I'm looking forward to meeting you. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.